إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء Assalamu alaikum It's John Fontaine. Just before we begin the podcast, please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications. And make sure you check out the earlier podcasts. We've up to around 40 podcasts so far. There's lots of podcasts there for you to benefit from. Make sure you check that out. Also, if you can go to the John Fontaine YouTube channel as well, click subscribe, set your notifications, and also enjoy the other videos. There's a Thick of Love series, a series on Christianity, and other videos uh, regarding Dawah. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast by supporting us financially uh, with the equipment and the travel costs and the running costs, not just of the podcast, but also the other Dawah activities I'm involved in, please support on the Patreon account. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Welcome to the Young Smurfs podcast. You join with me, John Fontaine, and Sheikh Khalid Hassan. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Grand Mufti of Kano. Mashallah. I'm only joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Mm. How are you doing, Sheikh? Wallah, okay. alhamdulillah, I'm doing okay, mashallah. You know, it's good to we're be here. We're here, you can hear the sirens. Yeah, Brixton. We're in the middle of Brixton. Mashallah, Medina College. So, alhamdulillah. Yeah, now you're safe. You're with you in safe hands, mashallah. So, yeah. How are you doing? Wallah, alhamdulillah. You know, I just want to thank you for joining me. Yeah, okay, you know, it's fine, mashallah. You know, I uh, recently came across your content and yeah. I like your approach. You oh, know, thank you. I think you're very you. approachable. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think that's important. And now you told me you're. From Kano, now yeah. I know why, because, you know, Nigerians, mashallah, mm. very, mm. you know, Open. have a very mm -hmm. warm place for Nigeria. Inshallah, <laughs> so. that's excellent, that's excellent. So, mm -hmm. Sheikh, you, um, tell us a bit about yourself first, because you, you yeah, you know, you've got quite an, an interesting yeah. history. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salam ala nabina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Yeah, you know, obviously my name is, you know, Khalid Zakaria Hassan. Mm. Um, born and raised in the UK. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, you know, you kind of joke, you know, that um, I'm originally, you know, I come from, you know, I'm ethnically Hausa from northern Nigeria. Um, obviously, I say that not to differentiate myself for all Muslims. Yeah. Nigeria's yeah. got Muslims from all parts of Nigeria. But obviously, um, I just sometimes say that because a lot of people might have a particular view on maybe what a country is. Yeah. So obviously, um, I sometimes try to educate people that, you know, Nigeria is a big place and, you know, um, there's different ethnic groups, different Qabail, different, um, uh, uh, you know, tribes. So obviously I'm from the uh, the, Mus the majority Muslim tribe, the Hausa tribe. So yeah, you know, I was just like any other Muslim, you know, I was born and raised in the UK. Um, obviously started to practice the deen and, you know, went through some stages like everybody, went through some up, rocky ups and downs. Mm. And then Alhamdulillah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me to go and study abroad. And I would say that's probably the, the greatest blessing of my life thus far. So yeah, inshallah. You know, they say, you know Nigeria, of, mm. of course, I was telling mm -hmm. you just before the mm -hmm. podcast, I, uh, you know, I know a lot of Yoruba, mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of like the, when, when someone from England, uh, someone living in the UK thinks mm. of Nigeria, mm. they think of like Yoruba, Igbo, because mm -hmm. there's not as many Hausa. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, because obviously, yeah, a because lot of them they stay in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, they? yeah. Hausa people yeah, don't yeah. move. It's yeah, actually yeah. even it's seen as something which is shared, something which is kind of 
strange to see mm. a Hausa person outside of, mm. you know, Kano Sokoto, you know, Meiduguri, Kaduna, mm. Zaria. You know, it's very different. You know, they don't leave. Yeah. When they do leave, traditionally speaking, you'll find the Hausa people either in Mecca, Jeddah, Medina because of the Hajj routes, mm. Chad, Sudan. You know, they go eastwards because of the Hajj routes. Yeah, and yeah. then you'll find that they go westwards in the parts of West Africa because of Tijara business. Yeah, yeah. But generally speaking, yeah, the general thing in the UK is, yeah, you know, the Nigerians, generally speaking, they're more southerners. They come from yeah, the yeah. south. Yeah. You know, there is a small house of community in London. I know of them. You know, yeah. my family knows of them. But we're very small and everyone yeah. knows one another. Yeah. Um, house of people, you know, the kind of culture is... Um, uh, people, people know everyone's family. You just say who your father is, who your grandfather mm-hmm. is, and it can be found instantaneously. But yeah, it's always kind of funny when you speak about that because when I tell people I'm from, you know, I'm from Nigeria, um, I, I always get a lot of different kind of what, what are you talking about? You're from Nigeria, you know? Where do you think um, you're from? They think I'm from too many countries, you know. Some <laughs> of them I don't even, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've had, you know, I remember one time I was doing wudu and one guy was just speaking to me in a language I've never heard in my entire life. So, you know, he, I, I said, okay, brother, you know, what are you, what are you saying to me? And he said, oh, I thought you were from country X. I said, no, I'm not from that country. Um, Sudan in Saudi, when I was in Saudi, everything was Sudan. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. Ahlan was Ahlan, you know, they're, they're great people, you know, Ahlan Sudan. But no, so I remember, for example, yeah. I'll tell people I'm from Nigeria and maybe they'll say to me, you know, okay, mashallah, you know, and they'll say to me a word in another kind of language from yeah. another tribe. And I'll be like, yeah, I don't, I don't speak that language, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was very funny growing up because they thought I was trying to run away from my heritage. I was yeah. like, no, I'm not, I'm not running away from my heritage. I'm, yeah. I come from a specific tribe yeah. and we have our different, yeah. yeah. So you it was know, really a lot, weird. A lot of yeah. people, they think Africa is like a country, like mm. one place. Mm. And, and like Nigeria has, has hundreds and hundreds of languages exactly, and tribes. Exactly, exactly. You know, exactly. you obviously got the three main big exactly. tribes, but mm-hmm. it's like... You know, they don't realize every tribe, even within one country, mm-hmm. is totally different. Totally different. You know, totally I, different. I, I told you before, like when I first mm-hmm. went to Kano, mm-hmm. it wasn't, I didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like I was in Nigeria because mm-hmm. what I'd been exposed to, mm-hmm. I, you know, used to Lagos and mm-hmm. it felt like a totally different country. Yeah, because obviously, you know, yeah. when you look at, for example, the people that brought Nigeria and made mm-hmm. Nigeria today was the British. Before that, we had the Sokoto mm-hmm. Empire yeah. or the Sokoto Khalifa that was made mm-hmm. by Us- uh, Sheikh Usman Danfodio, yeah. who created that. But even before mm-hmm. him, there were Hausa kings going back to seven or eight hundred years. Mm-hmm. So what happened was you had when Islam spread, you know, uh, from the Maghrib down to Black mm. Africa, as you would, as they call it. Um, number one, it started off from Spain. Mm. A big alim, Maliki alim, Ibn Abdul Bar al-Andalusi. He has a sharh, an explanation on the Muwatta of Malik, al-Tamheed al-Istithkar. His students were, the students of his students were Berbers. Mm. They were known as the Murabitun. Mm. The Murabitun are, are now a Sufi order. Yeah, but yeah. before they were war kind of, you know, mm. Berbers on horseback. Mm. And they spread, subhanAllah, um, Islam to so many parts of mm. sub-Saharan Africa. They went to Senegal, Mali, um, and places like that. From the remnants of that, Islam spread to other places. And mm. some of that was kind of northern Nigeria. Mm. Mm. But to this day... Um, people don't know how the House of People became Muslim exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the House of People oral legend itself says it's been a thousand years. Mm. The non-Muslims always say the thir- you know the thirteen hundreds, but House of Oral tradition is it's mm. been a thousand years. Because mm. like for, I mean, there's some theories. Obviously, like mm. you said, for the because mm. a lot mm. of West Africans are Muslim mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. You know that that 
came from the mm. from the Maghrib. From yeah, Morocco. from the Maghrib. But with the Hausa, there's some theories that it came from like the Sudan the area. Sudan area, from the area east, exactly. Yeah, like the from the east, exactly, exactly. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a fascinating history. It is know? fascinating. It's um, fascinating. Mm -hmm. And 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 even you know, the the Hausa, mm -hmm. they they have that like kind of not Arab thing, mm -hmm. but. That thing where they know their lineage, lineage, yeah. Because you still know they they, mm -hmm. they still know like the lineage from you know, Osman Danfodio. Yeah, and, yeah. And Even the, before yeah, him, now my yeah. great great grandfather, I'm from the descendants of the judges that Osman Danfodio put in my area. So, for example, my grandfather uh, Al Al Hassan Naba Damasi, he was born in 1880, okay. Mm -hmm. And he died in 1969, 1970. So he mm -hmm. died around the age of 90. My father, uh, Zakaria, Sheikh Zakaria, he was born in 1930. So my dad, my grand, so his father Unfortunately, you know, things like slavery and yeah, all that yeah, stuff was around, yeah. and and then and then before him, his grandfathers were the descendants of the Qudat, the Qudat, the um, the what do you call it, the uh, the judges that Usman Danfodio put in a part of Kano, which today is called the area that I'm from is called like Manladan. It's an area where I'm from, and it's known for people who recite Quran. A lot mm. of Qurra come from there, you know, mm. or the, the major part of the city is called Qul Qul, mm. but. Yeah, that 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 part. How some people know mm. their lineage, and obviously, you know, um, you have the Fulani people who came into our kind of region, but they never spread to us Islam. That's another thing. Mm. People think that the Fulani came and gave us Islam. No, the Hausa people are Muslim. Mm. The Fulani people came into our land, and there was Musahara. They married with us and mm. things like that. But no, no, no. The Hausa people have been Muslim for a long time. Some people say it comes from. Uh, the East, mm. which is very, very similar, which is very, not similar, sorry, it's very plausible. Mm. But some people even say Libya because mm. of the Sufi lodges there too. Yeah, yeah. And Chad, Niger, Libya, that Sahel region is mm. very... If we were to look deep enough, mm. we can find it. Someone yeah. needs to go on a yeah. fact-finding mission, yeah. get the Arabic, Arabic you know, manuscripts and, and you know, look. probably mm -hmm. this there's, mm -hmm. there's probably mm -hmm. documents in mm -hmm. Timbuktu regarding that's it, it. there's that's got it. to be everything that's it, 100%. because because they they knew everything mm -hmm. what's going exactly, on exactly and such such big powerful mm -hmm. empires mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. they they would have had this that's definitely. it that's it yeah no I want to speak to you more about mm -hmm. them because mm -hmm. they have obviously these big Sufi orders mm -hmm. and things like that I want to speak mm -hmm. to you about Inshallah, that a bit yeah. later on yep. uh, because I want to speak to you now about mm -hmm. like how you look you wasn't born a student of knowledge mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know but you, mm -hmm. you said you're born and raised in London you <laughs> yeah. was not you yeah. not born like this right <laughs> so where did it yeah. begin um, okay so obviously you know um, I was a youngster um, started practicing the religion. Started practicing the religion because my life was going in a way that was very strange. Okay, like every young person in London, you kind of grow up, grow up, and there's this urban, there's this urban force forcing you to kind of be a gangsterish and listening and just just crazy stuff going on in London, you know. And at that time, there was a lot of crime. Wallahi, there was a lot of crime. Two thousand and four, two thousand and five, six, seven, eight. Mm. There was there was a lot of you know it was it was it was very difficult in those times you know growing up so you would go to school and you know people have knives some people have you know um, sometimes even guns and things like that so but they, 
You're saying that and it's yeah, in Brixton. Head, the right in the centre of Brixton. You know, and, and, and yeah. you know, different areas just have different names. And when we were growing up, Brixton was known as Baghdad because of obviously the Iraq mm. war at the time and, and, and Baghdad. Pe- and, yeah, Vietnam, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> So no, but um, no, on a, on a, no, but on a serious yeah. level, you mm. kind of had to belong to something. You mm. couldn't just be yeah. an independent kind of student going to school, going to secondary school. So yeah. I remember going to secondary school. And there was all these gangs. There were like five or six gangs just fighting for power in school. And you had to be part of something. So unfortunately, education wasn't something that you were pushed towards. But then when you go back to your house, your parents are telling you, you have to do well, you have to go to school. Just like most, you know, immigrant parents, you know, do well, go to school. But then you go to school and you find that, you know, and I can look back in hindsight, the teachers were just trying to stop fights in the class. There wasn't education going on. And because of that, you end up just, you know, living this kind of life of um, rap music, people trying to, you know, um, unfortunately, even at a young age, trying to get, you know, women and things mm-hmm. like that. So obviously, I, you know, um, I never, alhamdulillah, did anything crazy, but like anybody else, I thought, let me, you know, let me dip my toe in the water and just see how it's like. You know, it, it, it wasn't nice. Especially I, from, mm. from, from that house of background. Yeah. That is not like... Yeah, yeah I guess so. You know, yeah. the, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. So, you know, one of the things that my mum always said, you know, she's always said to me, you know, have Muslim friends, you know, mm. when you go to school, have Muslim friends. That's the nasiha I took from her. So... Mm. I looked and I sort of thought to myself, okay, look, this isn't right. I was around 14, 15 years old, and my mum would always just say to me, you know, Khalid, pray, Khalid, pray, 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 pray. So I just took her nasiha, I started to pray. And mashallah, you know, at those days, you know, you had jama'at al-tabligh knocking on doors, going on three days, 40 days. So I went on three days, and, you know, I went to Jewsbury, I went here, I went there. And then from there, we started practicing the deen. I found, you know, Muslim friends from my area. We just became like a big jama'ah, and everyone's chilling. But then you start to, YouTube started to open up at that time, 2007, 2008, 2009, the YouTube thing is happening. So, you know, at the time, obviously, the politics that was going on, you know, certain Western countries, foreign policy, people, people that are giving da'wahs are starting to say certain things, okay? And we, we, we come across, I came across some stuff and, you know, khilafa and... And this is wajib, and going to this place is fardu'ayn, and this and that, and it just caused chaos because that was the da'wah at the time in London that was really prominent. The kind of brothers who were kind of calling to the sunnah, mm. they were not, they didn't have the internet down at that time. Mm. You know, the people that knew about, you know, YouTube, the algorithms, what to do. It was unfortunately, for lack of a better word, it was the people who inclined towards a kind of takfiri, yeah. you, know, you know. And of course, at that time, mm. you know, you had all these mm. political things going on. Mm. And the media were also promoting that yeah, as well. exactly. You know, they didn't need YouTube. Exactly. They were on the 6 o'clock it's, news exactly. every night, you mm. know. So, yeah. uh, you know, living in, I, remember, I mean, it's not as big of an issue now, mm-hmm. but like these takfiri type groups, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, these takfiri groups, what you have to understand is that in, the, um, in London, in the 80s, even the 70s, 80s and 90s, okay, excuse me, you had a lot of political upheaval in the, in, you know, al-ittirab al-siyasiyah, you could say, um, in, in, the, in the Arab world where 
and the Muslim world in a broader sense where there was revolutions, coup d'etats, this and that. So a lot of these people, a lot of these political um, dissidents in their countries came to London. Okay. When they came to London, now this is now when I look back from a kind of, um, when I look back in hindsight, you're able to put the puzzle in place. Mm. So you had these people coming from the Arab world, um, political dissidents, you know, trying to overthrow their governments, you know, coming and seeking centre, seeking shelter in London of all places. But that's a, that's another, you know, that's another debate for another day. You know, you know, kufr, kufr, kufr. But then after you come to London, and um, they, you know, they <laughs> they come to London, and then you have the Muslim community, you know, from maybe the Asian background, you know, maybe some from the African background who had came in the sixties and the seventies, who are now in their twenties. You have mixed them with these Arab, with the people, the political dissidents that have been kicked out of their country, and then you've got these British-born Muslims, first generation, you know, identities being mm. lost, and then these guys come in and say, you know, no, revolution, this and that, you know, all the leaders of the Muslim world are kuffar, we have to do khuroj, mm. we have to gain the khilafah, and then these Muslims who are just growing up in the West, they don't know about their identity, they're growing up, it's going to be a cocktail for, you know, it's going to be a dangerous cocktail. Especially if you don't know the truth, yeah, you literally... That's it. You're so, a slave to what the guy's well, saying. Well, this is what I'm kind of trying yeah. to say. You, you, don't know, you don't know anything better. Yeah. So they'll tell you things like, you know, Al-Kufr bit-Taghut and, and this and that. Yeah. And you must do this and you must yeah. do that. And we have to help our brothers in this country and that country. And you don't know anything better. You see, you don't see the Arabic language. You don't know fiqh. You don't know usul al-fiqh. You don't know... Um, how does a person, you know, extrapolate rulings from the from the Quran and the Sunnah? You don't know that, so you're literally a blank canvas. Which is why even um, Ibn Qayyim even has a bait where he says, "Atani hawahu qablan a'rif al-hawa, fasadif qalban khaliyan fatanakana." Yani his hawa came to me before I knew what hawa was, but it it, it ran across a empty qalb that didn't have any knowledge, and it made grounds in that qalb. You know, because when you just don't know anything, you're an empty vessel. Anything can fill it, and once you fill that vessel. It's very hard to get that thing out. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what happened. You know, you did have brothers trying to call um, people away from that. But then even their uslub, the way they're giving da'wah against it might not have been the best kind of way because um, Allah says, وَجَالْدِلْهُمْ أَحْسَنٌ Allah says, and, and, and argue with them in a way which is better. And that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking about us debating with non-Muslims. So how about your Muslim brother? So when people have unf and they're being, they're being shadid to you and they're being, they're being really harsh towards you, saying that you're upon batil, upon falsehood, it's sometimes really hard yeah. for you to accept And they just it. reject what That's the, 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 the Dawah, yeah. That's so, it. you, you mm. know, you're talking, I mean, one mm -hmm. of the main figures of that mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. for the, these kind yeah. of misguided groups was, mm. was Anjum Chowdhury. Anjum Chowdhury, yeah. Did you come into contact with him? I did come into contact with Anjum Chowdhury. I met Anjum Chowdhury on several, several occasions. Um, I first came across him in 2009. Um, very charming. Um... Charming guy, clever man, loyal followers, loyal followers now. Um, you know, some brothers from East London who now have all left him, they've realized, you know, the truth. Um, so, yeah, no, he was, he was, you know, he was, he was, he was around at the time. Um, 
at the time it was kind of Sharia for UK, Islam for UK. We want to mm. turn Buckingham Palace into a mosque and all of that. Very, if you like, mm. it was polemics. Yeah, he was yeah. using polemics. Yeah, he yeah. was using, um, he was using, if you like, bombastic mm. language yeah. to kind of get his view across. Um, but no, um, I came across those guys, but there was other people. You had obviously, um, uh, there was a, mashallah, Jamaican revert at one point, uh, Faisal, if you remember, mm, yeah, there was also yeah. Faisal. Um, and I'm only saying these names not to, some of these people, they've gone to their rub, they're dead. I'm not here to rehash whole old wounds. Mm-hmm. It's just saying it to mm-hmm. speak about what was there historically. I'm not yeah. here to um, talk about, and um, if you like, slander anyone. But you had people like, for example, Anwar Awlaki and his kind of yeah. da'wah. And, and it was just chaos. So you had things like State of the Ummah lecture, 44 ways for supporting yeah. this or supporting that. And we don't know anything. In our, you know, we're young practicing brothers. There's no students of knowledge in our area. There's no one. And I remember going here, going there, protesting outside this embassy and protesting outside that embassy and just total chaos. And, um, you know, it got to a point where I just thought to myself, is this sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, is this really a sustainable way of practicing Islam? Because mm-hmm. if Islam is, is, is the truth, is the haqq, then it's something that's supposed to be sustainable. You know, Allah says, قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسِكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say that, قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ My prayer, وَنُسِكِي My sacrifice, وَمَحْيَايَ And my life, وَمَمَاتِ And my death is all for Allah. But this is unstable. Mm-hmm. You know, my iman is not, is not feeling high. You know, and... There was a lot of problems that it brought about. It brought about so many problems. And I just thought to myself, something is, is not okay here. And I started to sense that, you know, this guy, you know, obviously, and I'm just saying, you know, I started to sense this guy, Anjim Chowdhury, was somewhat of a charlatan, mm. you know. Um, See, some, some people think that he was like, Plant, but 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 I I don't agree yeah I that. don't think he I, was I think he was legit like no he in, was in terms of yeah he actually yeah. believed yeah no, what, no he what believed he, in what yeah, he was yeah. calling to he yeah. wasn't a plant he wasn't a plant yeah. and when you look at him he met obviously Umar Bakri Muhammad now if he had met somebody different he could have been in a different trajectory yeah. see but he met Umar Bakri at that time because like I said mm. the political dissidents make their way in London mm. and spread what they want to spread in that place mm. um. I started to think that, okay, this guy's somewhat of a charlatan. My religion just, it, you know, you know, my mum's telling me, you know, Khali, you know, stop this madness, stop being with these people. I felt as if it was something unsustainable. And my friends in my local area started going to Duru's classes in Hivd, uh, 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 um, memorization yeah. of the Quran. So I started to go there. Then I just realised I'm not spiritually being fed. I'm spiritually dry, like a mm-hmm. desert. So I started to memorize the Quran and from there, you know, I looked at some of the brothers and I brought some brothers that I know to a lecture. I brought them to a lecture and obviously my kind of tabi'ah, my makeup, my kind of, um, the kind of person I've been raised by my parents is, I've never heard my parents gossip about other people in their mm-hmm. homes. Never heard my parents loudmouth anyone else, say something bad, swear at other mm-hmm. people, gossip. So that's just not my inclination. So when I sometimes would go and hear them make takfir on people like Ibn Uthaymeen, Ibn Baz, 
um, make fun of some a lot of tulab al-ilm in the UK. Um, call this one that, call that one this. I brought some friends with me one time to one of their lectures, 2010-ish, 11. And they were just like, look, Khalid, man, this is not haqq, like, this is not haqq. And even though I thought to, thought to myself, yeah, this just isn't, this isn't haqq, man. This isn't haqq. A, a huge portion of those brothers ended up leaving. I was, you know, there were some, some brothers had some meetings, you know, bro, people were like, we don't want to do this no more. And everyone just spread and, 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 and left and did what they want to do. And mashallah, a lot of those brothers now are doing actually positive things with their life. Mashallah. And are doing, mashallah, you know, they have madrasas teaching kids Quran, mm. doing this, opening businesses, mm. doing things which are positive. But then I came to a crossroads. Mm. And that was, what do you do from here? Because you started off with Jama'at al-Tabligh. Yeah. You know, mashallah, 40 days up and down this place. Oh, not 40 days, but three days. And mm. it was an adventure. You're young. Mm. You went to a bit, to, you know, some Salafi events and this masjid and that masjid, and you listened to some mashayikh, and then you went off and became ran off with these people. What's what's the common denominator here? Mm. And I thought to myself, and I was eighteen at the time, and I said, um, the common denominator in all these things is that you don't speak the Arabic language. Subhanallah. That's what it is. So everyone's able to fool you. And I thought to myself, I used to literally wake up sometimes and think, well, who am I going to be with next? You know, which jama'ah am I going to wake up next to, you know? Am I going to be, you know, with a big turban with the cone thing coming out, you know, Sufiya or, you know, what's going to be next? So I said to myself, look, Khalid, you're 18 years old, okay? You've got some time to spare in a sense where you're going to get older and you're going to be mashghul, you're going to be very busy and you're not going to have time to do certain things with your life. Mm. Invest just a few years now, try to learn the Arabic language so you can just verify what's being said, not mm. become a scholar, not become a student knowledge, so you can just verify what some brothers are saying. Is what they're saying true? That came about because I started reading some books from Ibn Uthaymeen, I started reading some books, you know, his Thalathatul Usul, Aqeedah Wasatiya, Three Fundamental uh, Principles, the Aqeedah of Wasatiya. Mm. I read some other books and I just said, you know what, I'm going to go and learn mm -hmm. Arabic. Went to go and learn Arabic and my life just changed from there and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, um, I went to, obviously I started off in East London. You, you, you started the Arabic in, in Yeah, London. I started in London, yeah. I, I studied Arabic for about almost three years in London. Um, I started learning the Arabic language in London. Um, some brothers in Al Medina, I went to an institute, you know, in East London, the Tayyibun Institute. Went there. Um, was there for about two and a half years. Amazing, amazing teachers, amazing brothers. And, every, and, and, and just the hype went down. You know, I just humbled myself. And, you know, when you're studying the Arabic language, you know, you've got, um, you know, you've got something like Al-Ma'rifa Al-Nakira, things that I can't translate now, but just certain rules. So you have like Al-Ma'rifa Al-Nakira, Al-Mudaf, Al-Mudaf, Al-Mudaf Al-Ilay, Sifu Al-Mawsufu, Na'at Al-Man'utu, whatever you want to call them. You've got, for example, um, Al-Jar Al-Majroor, you've got Atf, you've got Al-Istithna, you've got Al-Badal, you've got this, you've got that, you've got all these rules. And I thought, hold on, so hold on, hold on, you need, hold on. So if this is the Arabic language, what about Islam? You know, this is just Arabic, you know. Yeah, this is, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just reading, I'm just, yeah. you know. Um, so from there, I just thought to myself, okay, humble yourself. <laughs> humble yourself and just start to learn. That put a love into, you know, wanting to study and seek knowledge. I applied for Al-Medina, the University of Medina in 2011, just turned 19. And... Um, 
I went on Umrah there. I had some family who live in Jeddah. I stayed with them. And that's when my, re that's when my perception of the world changed because I remember with these Takfiri brothers, everyone's a kafir, you know, this leader's kafir, anyone who works for the Taghut is, is a Taghut or some rubbish like that. Mm. And I remember, and Taghut, for those who don't know, is um, the Taghut in the word, the word Taghut in Arabic language, they will say it, it's, it's the personification of anything which is worshipped other than Allah, anything which is obeyed in anything that Allah should be obeyed in. You know, but the problem with the takfir is that they personify and make the taghut one particular thing. When if you read the kalam of the statement of the mufassirun, this is something else. But that's a whole other issue. Um, so I remember I was in Jeddah praying with my cousin and I remember Fajr would come and I remember I'd pray. I'm praying, we're praying Fajr in the masjid, mashallah. So the masjid, the salah will end and a police officer came in. I remember a police officer came in and he prayed the salah. And I remember that was the first time in my life I'd seen a police officer pray a, a prayer. You know, I remember before when I was in Niger, you know, where my mom comes from, I remember I saw a soldier one time praying his salah. That was amazing. But I remember I saw this police officer, side police officer praying. And I thought to myself, how is this man a kafir? According to what the takfiri say. What's he doing that's kufr? He's putting his head on the ground, making sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And upon tawheed, he's not washing my grave, not washing anything else. Humble. Three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, Salat al-Fajr in his police officer uniform, he's come to the masjid to pray Salah. How is this? And it was just something like that. It was just common sense. You know, sometimes common sense doesn't need an explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is why, you know, a, a famous poet, Al-Mutanabbi, a famous Iraqi poet who unfortunately, because of his poetry, got himself murdered, unfortunately. Yeah. But Al-Mutanabbi is saying that he's seen as the greatest poet uh, in, 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 you know, Arabian shi'r. He said, you know, He says, nobody, يعني, nothing is makes, you know, a person's mind, nothing is okay from a person's mind, in a person's mind, if he's saying, what's the delil for the afternoon? You can't, the, the afternoon is right there. You don't need to ask somebody about the afternoon, you know. There's even another, uh, so just another line. It was so funny, you know. The philosophers, the Muslim philosophers at one point, they were philosophizing everything to the point where they would, they would, they would, if, if when the scholars would say something or refute some of the philosophers, they'll come and bring something even more philosophical to confuse what the scholar was saying. So one poet, he came and he said, um, وفسر الماء بعد الجهد بالماء وكأننا والماء من حولنا قوم جلوس حولهم ماء. He said that there was a man, there was a philosopher. He looked at water, and he wanted to give a tafsir of water. How do I give a tafsir of water? How do I give a beautiful uh, explanation of water the way Aristotle would do it? How would he do it? And the poet mocks him. He says وفسر الماء بعد الجهد بالماء. After spending so much time pondering on what water is. His tafsir for water was that it's water. And he came with nothing. You know, certain things that just don't yeah. need to be explained. Yeah. So I don't need a, a sheikh to be screaming to me about kufr yeah. bil to see that this man praying, he's a Muslim. You know? And even the fuqaha of the of, of Islam say, in salah for Muslim on if anyone prays and, and you see them praying the salah, the warning is that they're Muslim. When I saw that, I was just like, this is, you know, my whole world view. Changed and that you know led on to obviously me you know applying for Al Qasim and going. So like the, this is what I wanted mm. to speak about this mm. because um, you actually went to study in Qasim. This mm. is quite unusual, mm. right? You, everyone wants to study in Medina, <laughs> right? You know, obviously the Medina, mm. The, mm. the city of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, 
Mashallah, Mashallah, mm. Nabawi, or, mm. or even Mecca, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, mm -hmm. often when people get the opportunity to mm -hmm. study mm -hmm. in Qasim or even Riyadh, mm -hmm. people don't accept it. Yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. that, this is kind of a real test on who mm -hmm. really wants to like, study, right? So, I guess so. And, and, and mm -hmm. I've been to uh, Bereda, yeah. Qasim, where, yeah. <laughs> and we were just speaking about that. that it's, not, it's not an easy city. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not. It so, really isn't. What yep. took you to, how did you get to... Uh, okay, so I applied for Al-Madina and I went to Al-Madina and, you know, from the process of, um, or from the time I, st I applied to Al-Madina to um, getting into Al-Qasim, my life was just Al-Madina, Al-Madina, Al-Madina. It was just try to get into Al-Madina, try to study in Al-Madina, have dreams about Medina, watch YouTube videos about Medina, and go on medinastudents.co.uk every single day to see if your name's on the list. <laughs> While reading about Medina, there was another, there was a group of brothers from um, Canada. They had a website. I remember, I don't know if it's still on, hopefully it's still there, but I used to read, I used to just sit in my, in a, uh, you know, in my, in you know, in in in, uh, in my house, and just read. I used to just read the same pages again and again and again. I remember I read, for example, so Muhammad Tim Humble when he was a student there. He had one called "So You Want to Be a Student," little blog spot. Mm -hmm. Then another blog spot was called Al Canadina or Can something like Al Canadina. Some Canadian brothers wrote about their time in Al Medina. On their uh, links, they had links to another brother's profile. There was another brother there called Kamil Ahmed. He was he graduated from Medina and he studied his masters in Al Qasim and he spoke about, you know, a clip in his profile and he spoke about his move from Al Medin to Al Qasim and how mm. they're opening that place for foreign students to go and study. So mm. I thought, okay, well, you know, Saudi being Saudi, I just need to just get my Medina application and just send mm. it to Al Qasim. Mm. So obviously, alhamdulillah, you know, my sister, you know, uh, was, a, was, a, was an English teacher in the Riyadh. So I just sent her my, 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 uh, my, my things. I emailed it to her and I just said, could you just send this via post? To, to the University of Qasim, you know, I didn't know if he was going to get there. I heard about, for example, you know, how certain things in that part of the world can did just you, get lost. Did you did you know like what Qasim was mm. at the time? I, the did only you know, thing I knew mm. was that it was where Ibn Uthaymin came from. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. No, knew nothing, and I just knew that. Look, if I get into Al Qasim, then if there's scholars, I'll study of scholars there. If not, we'll drive from city to city. We'll do what we have to do mm. to study. There's another brother, mashallah, who got accepted with me, a brother, Muhammad Abdurrahman. And mashallah, you know, we went there. And um, it, was, it was not easy, but alhamdulillah, we, you know, we made it out alive. Mm. You know, he graduated, I graduated. Or I'm going to graduate in the next, you know, five, ten days. Mm. So alhamdulillah, you know. So, so you were in, in mm. the desert for six oh, years? Yeah, yeah, I was in the middle of nowhere. That, those who don't know, tell us it. Cause Kasim yeah. is like, Kasim yeah. is is like the real deal yeah. of Saudi. Yeah, Kasim yeah. is. It's he, literally camel. Yeah, sand. you don't get more. You don't get more. Um, you don't get more Saudi than Kasim. You know, <laughs> yeah, the way you know, you know, there's nothing more American yeah. than a nice apple pie from Texas or something. You yeah. know, it's as you know, it's as Saudi as you get. Yeah. Um, no, Kasim is um, Kasim is a is, is is a region of Saudi Arabia where um, it's traditionally the breadbasket of the kingdom. Mm. It's very green. A lot of businessmen come out of there, and it's known for a lot of scholars as well. So Sheikh Saadi came from there, um, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen came from there, uh, another Sheikh called Ibn Aqil came from there, Sheikh Fawzan. So many scholars, illustrious scholars, come from Al Qasim. Um, very remote, 
very socially conservative. I'd like to repeat that, socially conservative, because a lot of the time when we go to some Muslim countries, we can sometimes differentiate between religiosity and conservatism. Mm -hmm. No, you can have a Muslim who is socially conservative, but he has sins himself, but he doesn't want his people to change. He wants them to be upon what they are, because conservatism means mm -hmm. to conserve your morals and to conserve your way of life to conserve yeah. okay so um it's a very it's mashallah socially conservative there's a lot of scholars there um a lot of you know a lot a great number of the countries if you like billionaires and multi-millionaires mm. come from al qasim mm. because they were um, traditionally businessmen so it's nice the college sharia is nice you know um big emphasis on family it's not mm. it's not you know the hustle and bustle even though it's mm. you know the the, the the city itself is you know developing and becoming bigger mm. but yeah definitely speaking it's a remote place to be yeah. you know mashallah their their culture is mm -hmm. very they're very generous mm -hmm. i remember when i when i went to bereda about mm -hmm. six seven mm -hmm. i can't remember maybe seven yeah seven years ago mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you, you told me it's changed since then mm -hmm. but when mm -hmm. i first went I wasn't exactly supposed to be there, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the brothers, mm -hmm. some young brothers kind of smuggled me out of Medina, mm -hmm. I put all the, you know, the, the thing, <laughs> yeah. and the police are looking at me, yeah. just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and then got to Bereda, yeah. and the brothers, they took me to like the policeman, they said, mm -hmm. look, you know, this is our friend, mm -hmm. he's going to be here for a few days, mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. so if you see a white man, you know, don't be scared, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, first thing they did, they took me to the farm, mm -hmm. they said, pick a sheep, you know, wow. the, the, you know the, mm -hmm. the, the traditional yeah. thing, you know, you know, pick a sheep, picked a sheep, they slaughtered the sheep, and then they cooked it that evening. Wow. You know, they, they were very, mashallah. Oh, mashallah, um, yeah. You know, very generous. Mm -hmm. And this is my kind of introduction to real mm -hmm. Saudi, you know, because being in Medina, Mecca, you got people from all over the world. You it's, do. You don't you really do. feel yeah. what Saudi, you don't get to meet actual mm -hmm. Many Saudis. That's very true. You know, that's very, so no, no, that's very true. That's yeah. very true. And obviously, so you kind of have the real deal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real deal experience. Yeah. Real deal experience. You know, it's just like you know, um, you know, if you if you, you know if you wanted to, for example, you know, experience Britain, then obviously you can come to London. But there's only so much of Britain you can experience. Mm. Sometimes you need to go to a nice rural place where the mm. people, you know, still have, if you like, quote unquote, you know, old British values and still do, you know, those old school mm. things. And you know, you maybe go and see, you know, certain farmyards and mm. you know, see kind mm. of traditional way of life just like that so same thing you know just the same thing so mm -hmm. I want to speak a little bit about mm -hmm. life after usually like, mm -hmm. I'm always asking students yeah. life after Medina yeah but <laughs> it's not life after Medina it's life after studying you yeah know? Mm -hmm. what happens now what do you what, okay. what, what are you supposed to do because a lot of mm. a lot of students they Struggle to find the, mm -hmm. their thing. Oh, 100%. You know? 100%. What, what, what's needed now? Okay, well, before we even ask that question, we need to, number one, understand the mindset of a student who goes abroad to study. You have two types of brothers who come to study, and I think it's very, very, very important to speak about this. The first kind of person you have that goes to study is a person who wants to study the religion of Islam mm. and wants to one day even try to be a scholar. There's nothing wrong mm. with that. For some mm. reason in the UK, you can never, you know, a student of knowledge can never be a scholar. You constantly, you, you know, mm. you can only translate. No, no, you should have ulul himma. You know, you should have high, lofty aspirations. If you want to be a scholar of Islam, that's mm. something khayt, that's very mm. good. You know, you should, why the Prophet Muhammad said, al-ulama warathatul anbiya, the scholars are inheritors of the prophets. For you to want to be a scholar, is something which is praiseworthy. Mm. You have that kind of student. Then you have the second kind of student. Second kind of student is a guy who only God knows what's happening with his life, 
um, and he's running away from something. Mm. You, these are the two types of students. The guy who's running away from something um, never wants to kind of sometimes give da'wah, um, is miserable of his life, doesn't think about the future, doesn't think about his life decisions, and he exists and he doesn't live. So he allows the flow, the current of life. If, you know, if life was a river, he allows the current of life to blow him anywhere. He doesn't take, you know, he doesn't kind of, you know, um, if you like, take things by the scruff of the neck and, 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 and go and, you know, take an initiative. So um, I would say that um, brothers in Al-Madina, not all of them, and not brothers in Al-Madina, sorry, brothers studying because I was a student in Al-Madina, but obviously I met with many brothers, I stayed in Al-Madina plenty of times, but brothers who go abroad to study in institutions abroad, and I can talk about Saudi Arabia, a lot of the time worry. And they worry about what they're going to do post, you know, that time, because it's a... Um, you're living in a bubble away from everything, where everything is so beautiful and in order and structured, and you're in this your small little bubble where, and and, and the idea of coming back to you know a, a capitalist society where it's dog eat dog is very scary. Yeah. After you know having your shimagan and your kitab tawheed and your you know it can be very scary. <laughs> so, yani, um, people think about that. Um, we still have that in Brixton. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that um, I would say that after grad, I would say that with regards to life after graduation, it's much more difficult thinking about it while you're in Saudi than it is living it. It's not as hard as what people think. You just have to come back and you just have to make the best out of your situation, but you need to have an aim and objective as to what you're doing. So of course you're going to come back um, a lot of the time, for lack of a better word, you might have not worked for four, five, six years, unless you did some part-time work in the summer. You're basically starting off your life in your late 20s the way an 18-year-old can will start. Mm. But look, you don't have a criminal record, okay? You are not, you know, um, you know you're not an offender or anything like that. You can mm. come back and make something with yourself. It's what you make of it. You have to, and that's one of the nasaih I would love to give to the brothers that, it's what you make of it. You know, make incremental steps to try to plan for your future and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easy. Mm. I think another thing that will make it easy is giving da'wah. Give back with, with your knowledge because once mm. you give back, okay, because you have some two groups of students. You have the students who want to give da'wah and maybe are not studying enough and then you have the brothers who um, study a lot but don't give no da'wah. Be a balanced student. Study as much as you can because you need to study. You know, I'm not with the, you know, I've seen students who give da'wah more than they study. No, you need to be reading and studying two hours a day, mm -hmm. three hours a day. But what I, what I would say is this is give da'wah because you don't know where your risk is. You don't have to give da'wah for the sake of money. But sometimes when you're good at something mm -hmm. and you do something for the sake of Allah, Allah will give you risk from places where you didn't know. Whoever fears Allah, Allah will make a way out for him and will give him risk from where he doesn't know. You give da'wah a small masjid, a person sitting in that khutbah who maybe is in association with another masjid. The other masjid now calls you to give da'wah. That masjid now maybe has a camera. Someone records your durus. Someone in another part of the world benefits, asks you a question. And before you know it, you build a network. And then after, before you know it, you're doing things positively for the sake of Allah. Allah will open doors yeah, for you, yeah, but yeah. you have to try. Don't sit in your ivory tower yeah. and just think that, 
yeah, these guys need to come to me. Actually, nothing's going to come to you. Go out and try. And sometimes mm. people are very nervous what other students, students of mine are going to say about me. I'm giving that. What are they going to say? Akhi, forget yeah. about what they're going to say about you, bro. If you're trying to teach the average yeah. Muslim brother who doesn't know nothing in Islam something, why do you have to feel guilty about that if you're studying? You know, I used to just so not understand that, You know, John. that mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. so powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm telling you, you, know, yeah. mm -hmm. you find a lot of the time mm -hmm. people care so much about mm -hmm. what people think. Exactly. But look, you've studied at mm -hmm. an institute. You mm -hmm. know you've got the truth. Exactly. You, you know, you've, 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 you've studied what you studied. Exactly. And you're teaching mm. the lay people on the exactly. street. Exactly. The average person doesn't know hardly anything exactly. about Islam. Exactly. They maybe just know how to pray. Exactly. Maybe some don't even know that. Exactly. What are you worried about? Exactly. You know, why Why all this? They're scared about all this. Exactly. And you know, I've noticed among students, sadly, there's a lot of jealousy and beef yeah. and yeah. problems. Yeah. 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 You know, always worrying about, exactly. you know, uh, feeling they've got to kind of live up to, mm -hmm. you know, this a particular uh, standard. It's it's a lot mm -hmm. of pressure. There is pressure, yeah. and I remember I, I would say to some brothers, you know, and I would just say, you know, look, Achi, look, um, think about when you weren't practicing their religion, and think about when you knew nothing. How grateful you would be for someone to come and teach you. Mm. We've got brothers and sisters, people who are born Muslim, people who are not born Muslim, people who came into their religion, people who started practicing late in their life. They live in neighbourhoods like here in Brixton, okay, where people might not have a Muslim infrastructure, they might not have a family. Why not go out and teach these people their religion? What is so bad about that? Allah said, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا وَقَالَ إِنَّنِي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ what, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلًا What is a better word? مِمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ Than a person who calls to the religion. Of course, Allah, وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا and does good and says, إِنَّنِي مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ I'm from the Muslim. Nothing bad in that. Mm -hmm. This is the wadhif of the Anbiya. This is a um, this is the job mm -hmm. of the of the of the of, of the prophets. No one's saying you have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. No one's saying that you're an angel. No one's mm -hmm. saying that you know you don't sometimes get angry. You don't sometimes get upset. We are a human being. Yeah. Giving da'wah does not and, mean and you're better than someone. The reality is, you will make mistakes. That's it. That's the problem. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're so scared of making mistakes, mm -hmm. you're still going to make that's mistakes. That's it. That's it. That's you, it. You're a human being. That's you know. it. Exactly. Another thing is some brothers think that you have to be out on a state of perfection to give da'wah. Every single person commits sins. No one's better than another person. Just because you're giving da'wah does not mean you're doing tahajjud every night. It doesn't mean that. But if you sincerely, for the sake of Allah, want to educate people, for Allah's sake, not for fame, but for Allah's sake, you want people, you want this religion to spread. What's wrong with that? You shouldn't feel guilty about having that aim. Yeah. So you know, I want to ask you: since studying, mm, mm. how have you kind of viewed? Like, have you been back to Nigeria? I haven't been You've back to been Nigeria back. for a long time. Back. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that'll be interesting. I definitely go. I you want have to go to back. join us in Nigeria. <laughs> Inshallah, you know, we used to do a <laughs> yeah. big. We used to mm -hmm. do a big conference mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in Kano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely plan to go back and visit my country because that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I'd love to, to see, yeah, 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 definitely. You know, be interesting <laughs> as, a, as a student, you know, going back, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, it would and, be. and kind of mm. visiting and, and kind of yeah. analyzing and, and, and the situation seeing, there, you know, yeah. yeah, no, 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 yeah. um, definitely. Yeah. I want to go back to my homeland, I feel a great, um. I feel indebted to where I come from. I feel indebted to my people, you know, the house of people, because not because of anything uh, tribal or because of, uh, uh, if you like, asabiya, um, because of, um, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, tribalism. No, but I feel indebted because I come from a place where 
if they never, if those my ancestors never became Muslim, I wouldn't have been Muslim. So I feel indebted exactly, to them, exactly, exactly. and I definitely want to go out there mm. and you know and see even where it, I come from. That's, that's mm. an important point because look, mm. you might not agree with with mm. certain practices mm -hmm. within uh, that particular culture mm -hmm. or the tip, mm. uh, particular type of Islam mm. that they may be following. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you recognize mm -hmm. yep. that it, you you know you do mm -hmm. kind of have that. Benefit from definitely, that as well. Definitely, you know, definitely. Being, you know, being raised and yeah. born as a Muslim. Exactly, exactly. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Uh, That's true. That's what, yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, I definitely. Mm. I do feel indebted. You know, I I, I thought mm. you were Somali. <laughs> and you know, I'm actually happy. I'm happy in Nigeria. Like, yes, mashallah. Yeah, yeah. I remember speaking to, speak to Abu Sama. I spoke to Abu Sama, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't see it personally. No, no. I've been to Abu Sama and I said, you know, Sheikh Abu Sama, do you advise me to go to such and such masjid and speak about such and such an issue? And he was like, yeah, man, you know, you know, being from the Somali community, Khalid, you know. And I was like, bro, I'm from Nigeria, actually. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, no, 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 no. I don't. I personally don't see, but yeah. Um, so that's what it is. Yeah. So no, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see. Mm. Mashallah. Uh, Another thing I want to do. So sorry, yeah. John, for interrupting. Is there's a weakness? There's a big weakness in seeing mm. a lot of brothers from West Africa. Pra you yeah. have a lot of practicing brothers, but a lot of brothers or a lot of Muslims who've come from West Africa might come from the French-speaking parts of West Africa or parts where. Islam has become weak through colonialism or whatever mm. it might have yeah, been yeah. and they've just been they've just been lost in the society mm. so if they can see someone that's you know from where they come from as mm. well giving da'wah learning their religion it can even bring them back to their religion you know exactly. and that's that's that, that, that's something you know mm. you're speaking about about the mm. the the culture as well and the mm. history mm. you know of, of West Africa yeah even though as we said we may not agree with the particular mm. Uh, mm -hmm. Practices mm -hmm. of certain things, mm. but I still, mm -hmm. I still teach people yeah. the history yeah. to kind of get this identity yeah. of being proud mm -hmm. of being, you know, mm -hmm. West African mm -hmm. Muslim mm -hmm. and trying to attach people with mm -hmm. this this yeah. huge Islamic history. You know? Huge Islamic um, history. People don't know. You have the yeah. University of Sankore in Mali, Akhil Kirim, yeah. over six. Thousand manuscripts, okay. One of the mm. first um, the, uh, they recorded mm. in their manuscripts that they removed, they successfully removed a cataract from a person's eye. This is seven, eight, nine hundred years ago, you know. Um, so, the, the, the kingdom of uh, Mansa Musa, Mansa Musa, Osman Danfodio, you know, Askia Muhammad, yeah. Yo, too much, man. You yeah. know, even in Chad, you know, the, 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 the kingdoms of Khan and Borno and all these things. So, mm. definitely speaking, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of khair, there's a, it's culturally diverse, yeah. so you know it just shows how Islam, it just shows how you know how international Islam is, and it's always funny when um, people talk about you know you know more you know there's a lot of Muslims out into into Europe because it changed the demographics. Mm. Islam has always been in Europe. Islam was in Andalus for mm. 800 years, you know, mm. almost 800 years. Um, so yeah, Akhil Karim, you know, it's been on their doorstep for a long time. So, you know, when you see Spanish people, for example, having a nap called a siesta, that comes from the Arabic qaylula uh, of, of, you know, of, of, of falling asleep, you know, in the afternoon because al-qayl, qayl is the shiddatul har, it's the, it's the intense heat of post-zuhr, that post-zuhr heat, it's known as al-qayl, so they would sleep. Um, but no, Akhil, you know, um, 
when you dig deep, you find that Islam is in many, many places yeah. that you might be surprised. So, um, yeah, man, long, long may it continue in the West, inshallah ta'ala, you know. So, we, uh, we, uh, Do you have any other points, last points? I would just say the last thing I wanted to say was for students of knowledge now, you know, coming back and we want our brothers who are studying, mashallah, the masters, the PhD, getting their bachelors and doing things the importance of building institutions. We're here now and obviously, mashallah, Medina College. And we only have a place, I only have a place to, to speak to you right now because of the fact there's an institution yeah. here. Otherwise, we're going to put all the details as well inshallah. below. Inshallah. Yeah, you know, inshallah, where to you, find you it. You do online as well? Yeah, there's online, yeah. There's online stuff there so as well. So you can study online, yeah, you can exactly. study also in, in, yeah, in the institute. In the place. You know, I think mm -hmm. it's important to have institutes in the UK mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of the masjid. Mm. What do you think of that? I agree, you I know, agree. I think there's, it's, it's just a... A certain thing about the UK, yeah, that we need. Uh, yeah. I, my, our vision should, or my vision, but our vision for UK should be, mm. it should be the India of 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 of, of the English speaking world. What do I mean by that? When I say the India of the Muslim world, India, okay. When I say India, I'm talking about Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, mm. India, uh, the old and India, India. Okay. Yeah. They were not native Arabic speakers, but it was still a place where scholars came mm -hmm. out of India, scholars of Hadith, scholars of Tafsir, scholars of Fiqh, okay? They came out of India. India produced so many scholars. We now in the UK live in a country where we have some of the best universities in the world. You know, everyone's economically doing okay for themselves. We're not starving hungry. With regards to building institutions like Medina College, we need to have Fiqh councils, Islamic research institutes, think tanks, people writing studies. We need to build for the next generation so that we can build off the ni'mah that we have. And we need to be on top of the latest We need to be on top of the latest fitna. Like we, we're yeah. going through challenges that exactly. don't exist in Breda. That's it. You know, brand new. Uh, That's what I'm trying to say. So brothers yeah. need to accept the fact that, you know, mashallah, yeah. you know, you're Muslim. You can be, you can be uh, Pakistani and British. You can be Somali and British. You can be Nigerian and British. You can be, you know, English and, you know, and, and, and still be a Muslim. And, There's nothing wrong with it. And everyone come together, put yeah. our heads together, yeah. study, and, and let's push yeah. towards the future. Let's be positive. Yeah. Let's see the glass half empty rather than half full. Yeah. And inshallah, Allah, will, Allah, Allah will, will bring us about, you know, khair. Like you said, you know, the masajid is one thing, yeah. and there's a lot of them in the UK. Let's push now for schools, research institutes, think yeah, tanks, yeah. and let's put our stuff together. Yeah. And you know, put you know, we don't have to fight, we don't have to war. You know, we can yeah. we can get along. Yeah, we can, yeah. we can be civil as Muslims yeah, yeah, one yeah. another. Inshallah, khayr, you know. So, okay, well, that's <laughs> a beautiful advice. And the other thing is as well. Mm. Look, you might you know for, for the everyday Muslim, mm. you know they've got families, they're busy. Mm. They're not planning to be necessarily like students of knowledge, exactly. but you still have programs for them here, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. the basics, mm -hmm. and getting a very mm -hmm. good grounding mm -hmm. with your faith, mm -hmm. you know, and your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, very pleasure. I open it. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, wa iyaq, wa iyaq, mashallah. And I'm definitely, inshallah, next time I'm in London. Yeah, I shall link up. And inshallah, Shaykh, we have to bring you to Kano. Inshallah, inshallah. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. Definitely, inshallah. And mm. my, my plan, of course, I'm mm. focusing more on Africa. And I want so. to bring more, mm -hmm. like, more people from the West, from like, the West, yeah. like ourselves, because mm -hmm. they accept it more from us exactly. for some reason. Exactly. You know, like mm -hmm. you, because you're from London, mm -hmm. you go there, people mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. But sadly, exactly. you know, they don't accept uh, mm -hmm. from, from, from the their local. Role. Yeah, from local. So yeah. 
Thank you for listening to the Young Smirks podcast with me, John Fontaine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and all the other outlets. Like and subscribe and leave a comment. And also, please support us on the donation link below so that we can continue to give you quality podcasts. Thank you very much. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.